Hi, I'm Linda OJ. And I'm Erin Espindola. Welcome to the new episode of the Next Gen Business Podcast. Let's go. The Next Gen Business Podcast is produced by the Small Business Community Network. Visit them online at www.sbcncanada.org. What have you been up to again? I ask you that question every week, and I bet you've been slogging away at school. Yeah, um, this this week's been a little busy. I've been having to do some assignments that are kind of due at the end of the semester, um, as well as a lot of the viewers can probably tell. People that are listening can't really see it, but I actually shaved all my beard off, and I did that last night, and I should have done it tonight, like tonight after the episode, so I had a whole week for it to grow back. But yeah, so it's still me, guys. <laughs> Why did you shave it off? Is it for charity or just because you felt like it? No, it was just because I'm like I wanted to, I I wanted to shave it off for a while just to see how I would look, um, and then I'm like, okay, well, with COVID, no one's really going outside for this week or couple the next couple of weeks, so I'll have time. It'll grow back in time for the lockdown to end. So I just wanted to see, you know. It feels good. You see, women have the problem like. I've had my hair cut short last year about four or five times and it grew again. And then I had it cut short earlier this year, this grew again. And I can't go back to the salon till at least June. So it's just going to grow and grow and grow. Same problem with me. I have my hair is really long right now and I'm the barber and everyone's clothes right now. So you can't even can't even get my hair cut. You could let your mom do it. <laughs> Aren't we mean? Aren't we mean? So I'm quite excited. We've got an interesting guest tonight. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, so for all of our listeners, um, I decided to invite uh, someone that I'd call my friend. Um, I met him uh, last year in my fall semester, um, and he was someone that was really nice to me, and we did projects together, and he actually does something really cool. He runs his own uh, company, I believe, and he does it with uh, kids with special needs. So he's going to come on the show and talk to us about it. Uh, his name is Michael Marino. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Hi, Linda. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's really awesome having you on the show, and we just want you to maybe talk to our viewers about kind of what you what you do um, aside from school right now. So aside from aside from being a full time student in Conestoga College with Aaron, I worked for an organization called Autism Ontario, which is the largest help across Ontario for special needs kids. Rather it be any age group, our organization takes care of them through one-on-one mentoring, two-to-one mentoring, and so much more. Uh, because of COVID-19, our camp was canceled. So I started the opportunity to expand myself and still use the skills I learned from camp. As while being at camp, I was certified under something called BMS, which is Behavior Management Systems. This certification allows me to... Uh, analyze and assess any kid on the autism spectrum after a few questions and a few tests i can do i can get a clear consensus on what level they are on the spectrum and then i can begin uh doing my one-to-one mentoring so that being said i opened up a business by creating my own cards and reaching out to my old, my old high school and high school is from where i'm from offering families just a bit of relief and just a bit of extra help with their sons around the house and son or daughters around the house. Wow. My question um, is, 
why autism um is it something that's personal to you or or something that interests obviously it interests everybody but you know what was your reason for starting this business so i don't think viewers can see me right now but i have uh this it's a necklace and it's in the shape of a puzzle piece so i received this when i was in grade nine in high school i worked alongside with a boy who was in my gym class and he was he had a special talent for basketball and he could shoot anyone basketball court and score. So ever since then, I took a very big interest in just working with him and always talking with him and joking around with him. And then one day in the hallway at the end of the year, he walked up to me and he gave me this necklace, which has a puzzle piece and the puzzle piece has a connecting puzzle piece. So once I kind of put the two together as me as one puzzle piece and him as one puzzle piece, it becomes complete together. So once I was received that it was very touching and I moved forward on helping the kids with autism such as that boy. Wow, what a wonderful story. Did you know all this um Aaron? No, um I only knew a few stuff cuz like when we talked during our our group projects we kind of just talk about like how our day is going and all that and he brought it up a couple times. Um I thought it was pretty cool and I was like wondering how uh, how you've been dealing with like COVID-19. I know with the restrictions uh it's going to it's been really hard for students uh, cuz you said you work with students um are they in elementary school or high school or I work with currently right now in the summer I was working with five families uh three of them being in elementary and two of them being in high school but due to covid-19 and certain reasons with families we I had to adjust and for school I reduced down I reduced my work down to only two families that being said I chose the families as in who would need the most demands and who would need the most assistance uh, a lot of the kids I work with are two of them are high functioning, so they are able to have a full conversation with me and a full conversation with their family, washing, eating, every single, uh, every single attribute of a person they can complete and have no issue with it. Whereas due to COVID nineteen, I didn't want to see many families, so I kind of targeted my uh, job and my business towards the families who would need this help due to due to their son not going to school anymore. So. How does your business work um, remotely, virtually? How does it work? Well, so for some families, uh, due to the new restrictions that came out very recently, I had my first, I've had a few Zoom calls over the phone. And um, mainly it's face-to-face where I'll just wear uh, protection equipment, such as a mask, wear gloves. But recently we did on the computer work and I was able to share my screen with my student and he was able to touch the screen. So we would do uh, a game called colors and I would identify a color on the screen and it would be yellow and the option would be green or yellow. And he could, and I could see which, which side he's tapping. So then we could go through it and I could tell him, uh, describe to what color looks like, you know, wh- what do you think it is? And we can talk through each, each letter of the word until we get it. So doing that was a little tricky at first, but then it ended up becoming very smooth with the assistive families just because of their attention wasn't, there because in person they have a a very easier time to stay focused because once they look at you but over the phone it was a little tricky at first but the students I worked with ended up excelling very well wow Aaron that's amazing yeah I thought it was pretty cool that's why I'm like he has to come on the show we need to talk to him about this interrogate him a little bit (laughs) 
And he's doing, and he's doing school too. He's he's in school. So right now you're doing full time at Conestoga College. You're in my same program, so that's business administration management. Um, but I, you told me that you switched from a different program because you didn't like it, or I was in financial planning before, and financial planning I was having some difficulties with, and based on the math component and stuff like that, and my passion towards autism it kind of held me back. And at the same time, I did much enjoy it. And my marks were there. I was just very worried about I was going to make the wrong decision in the end. As with autism, I see myself forever being associated with it. So rather it be in 15 years from now, I open up open up uh, my own Oxford learning towards autistic, towards autistic kids or towards another institute such as the one I have now. So is there a stigma where autism is concerned because there's a stigma with mental health and people that you can catch cancer and that kind of thing. So have you come across any of that? Uh, there's not essentially a stigma as when the, when the kids are born, it's very tricky to analyze if they're on the spectrum. So when, when, I, when a child is around eight to 10 months, they start to develop tendencies such as, um, Tendencies they may do are not the most uh, graphic and not the most of what you like to see, as in sometimes you see them hitting themselves or hitting their head against the wall. So little tendencies to show that they don't fully understand. So with that, you could kind of get a more clear sense around a younger age of uh, along the spectrum if they are part of it. But over time, as they get to around two to three years old, if that tendency they're not shown, it is very unlikely that they arise. So difficult for people to know because I know some, well, we all get bullied sometime in our lives. So it's nice that, you know, that that's not happening. So the question I'm asking about your business is, is it actually um, going to be making money at the moment or are you planning for the long term, you know, financially? I'm, I'm currently making an income uh, while I work because of my certification allows me to get paid um, a different salary than minimum wage because of the, I have two certifications being um, first aid and being uh, BMS. Well, having first aid becomes very beneficial because most out of the five students I work with, three of them have seizures almost every time I'm with them, which is sad to see, but the training I was given and the expertise I learned off of people, it's very easy for me to get them back to a state that they need to be. From your, uh, from your observation, um, do you see like Canada investing a lot of money into, into like helping uh, kids on the spectrum in school? Or do you think there's not enough being done and that uh, there has to be more people like yourself that kind of work with these kids one-on-one? Because I know when I was in high school and elementary, we always, we had, we did have, um, yeah, I think they were EAs or no TA. I forget what they were called, but they were just teacher assistants and they would go off with the kids and help them out. Um, is that, do you think that kind of the Canadian government is going towards that right now or do you think we're underfunding it or? Well, what are you? Like, going back to what you said, for so they're technically not TAs, they're called PSWs, which is what I am. I'm, I'm, a, personal okay. support, I'm a personal support worker. So that allows me to be with them at all times. And I strongly believe that our government's doing a terrible job with the with the funding of autism work. Uh, I believe they tried to cut funding in the last two years by almost 30%. And I believe that is very... Um, coming from a camp that had over 115 participants per week, 
and being seen over every single kind of autism, rather the high functioning, a flight risk, or um, scary tendencies, every little bit of spectrum I've been a part of. And what I've learned is the most beneficial thing for each and one of those kids is one-to-one work. You could have them in a classroom and you could devote your time to that student that day a lot out of eight kids, then the seven kids aren't learning as properly. If I do math with someone one-to-one, then there's a high chance that he'll be, he'll be able to answer my question by the end of the session. If I do a session in front of eight kids and just myself, they will be very lost. They will have not, not know what's going on. As when you're one-to-one and when you see someone not paying attention, you could say, hey, just look at this again, or maybe you can walk through this again. But when you have a room full of students and you have a room full of so many of them on the spectrum, it's hard to just keep one and so many of them on track because you have to worry about, oh, if this one gets up, it may arise this one to have an episode. And an episode is when you'll see a special needs student or a special needs individual um, not be the happiest. So this business that you started, I don't believe you started it for financial gain, but obviously it's great that you are getting paid. It's something you're passionate about and love. And I wish there was more people like you around, I really do, because it is very important for those kids to have the one-on-one. And I hope the government does do something more for them. Um, it's, it's, you know, I... I'd never heard of autism till I emigrated 27 years ago to Canada. So maybe in England, people just swept it on the carpet or people didn't know about it. I don't know. I mean, how long has it been out, you know, so that people know it's something that needs taking care of? Well, the the actual, I don't want to sound rude for the terminology I'm using right now, but this is straight terminology from a, BM, a behavior management systems textbook. The word used about 30 to 35 years ago was clinically retarded. That was the definition of towards every single person who was considered uh, different, so autistic. And then after uh, around, I think it was uh, 1990 or around 1995, in the early 1990s, we came out with something called um, ASD, which is the Autism Spectrum Disorder. So we came up with tests and analyzation, which allowed to show if the student can perform at a normal student rate. So once the testing is done and once the, um, the professionals could see that the test results and the analyzation was nowhere near as, uh, as another individual who does, not have a- who does not have ASD, then they were uh, labelized as autism. And then as time moved forward, we were able to classify as low functioning, mild functioning, uh, high functioning, or flight risk. Wow, that's so interesting. I didn't know any of this. And I guess, and I'm jumping in there, but I've got so many questions. Sorry, I've never met this wonderful guy before. Um, autistic human beings, children, adults are able to attend college. And then do they have to ask for help there, or is it available? Well, so when I was at Conestoga College, I was um, I was interviewed for a position for a PSW worker inside the school, and it, it was not paid. It was nothing to do with income. It was just just helping out. And I remember seeing a post on the board. And when I went to go and interview for the part, they discriminated me because I was a man, and they said to me that I that my tendencies and 
the person I am does not seem like someone who could work with these kids. So me not sharing my uh, years of certifications, years of experience, I just sat there and I just said, okay, that's fine. If you want to judge a book based on its cover, then no problem. And I sat back and I, and I was able to see the student come to somewhere called Learning Commons. Learning Commons is a math room. And so the student had help for math and English. So while many colleges offered the extra help, it was available to every student. So while I was in the room one time, I was watching the student come in and I sat down in the back. And while a tutor helped me, I watched the tutor walk over to the boy with autism. And with the boy with autism, there was four people sitting at the table. The boy was nervous. He didn't know what to ask. He didn't know what to say because of how much of a faster pace he was moving. I ended up walking over to the boy and I sat with him individually and I helped him through his math and English because of I disregarded what the lady said and I said, I want to help him because he needs help right now. So after seeing that, colleges definitely do need to do a better job and also probably not judge a book by its cover as I'm not speaking as in there were more qualified people than me in that room. But I don't believe that anybody had had the ability to do what I can do with the kids as I've, I'm on the level of being able to classify them and determine what level they are on spectrum. That's it. terrible. I'm really annoyed now because people do it in the workplace. This is why we started this podcast so that, you know, really any age knows they can be discriminated against. But for you to volunteer, and that takes takes a lot, doesn't it, Erin? And, and to be told because you're a man. I guess one more question, then I'll give you a go, Erin, I promise you. We're not going to let him go tonight. Um, do you need to have a police check to make sure that you haven't got a police record? There has to be a, a what was it called? Uh, police, it was a PS, PSS or a police sector screening, which just goes over if you have any criminal charges or any... Um, any potential conditions you're on or any potential issues you have with the law. Well, I hope that changes um, and they're not going to, you know, judge a book by the cover. And I want to congratulate you for being such a wonderful person. I'm, I'm glad I've met you. Um, I just, I'm just overwhelmed, Erin, that this, this, this lovely person, this lovely human being cares so much because it, it can be hard work. But if you enjoy what you're doing, you've got love for it, like nursing and doctors. Go on, Aaron. I'll give it a go now. <laughs> yeah, it's all about um, having that initial passion, you know, so that you not only do the work, but you put in 100% effort into it. Um, I was just wondering, so you said that you were potentially looking at scaling this or continuing this. Uh, is this what you're going to do after kind of when you graduate or... Um, like what are the next steps for you now? Cause I know you're doing, a, like you're doing, a, uh, you're helping a couple families, but, um, like you said, it's more individual. And if yeah. you want to be the one kind of talking to these, uh, clients, um, is it going to be hard to get other people on board and have them working for you? How's that going to affect, uh, your business? Yeah. Well, in, in the long run after school, what I planned to do was life insurance and in insurance, I met many families with, uh, with, the many participants we had per week, I was able to speak to each family and we knew each other on a first name basis. Every every parent knew who I was and I knew exactly who they were. While we had a very strong relationship with them, they opened me to the door of insurance and they brought up points such as, um, will my son be supplemented or will my son be helped if I pass away? So with parents having that worry and them breaking down the prices for me and showing me that 
this charge, this company charging this much, this company charging this much, after this much amount of time. I wanted to make a difference. And I said, I see myself helping these kids in the future. So I wanted to, I want to help their family as well. I want to give their family the relief I'm giving them now, but it's in a different context. So I plan to go into insurance, but only classified towards special needs people. Another wow from me. This is this is so much needed, especially yeah, by this generation. It, it's so needed, isn't it, Aaron? Oh yeah. Um, is there like I guess no comp? Is it so? Does insurance cover that now, or is that going to be something that you're going to be providing that's new to the market? Insurance covers it now, but it's just very uh, it's just very broken the way it's distributed okay. because insurance agents have a fancy way and of. Uh, uh, using sale tactic words and sale tactic methods to convince a family to do something that's not needed yet. So for me, I wanted to come into them. I want to come into their lives and give them the insurance when they need it. I want to provide them with what's best for them. And I'm not going to influence nor I'm going to push because I just want to help their kid and them at the end of the day. I need to give the families the relief that they deserved. And the, as so many parents did not ask to go through this and it's 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 sometimes it's it's seriously depressing because I've had many fan members cry to me about what they've had to go through, what they've had to sacrifice, and it's it's terrible. So once I heard about all the sacrifice and everything that they had to give up just just to help their son and daughter, I said like, why can't why can't like why don't they deserve relief? Why don't they deserve an extra pack? Why don't they deserve an extra comfy pillow to sleep on? If I can take their kid for a day, or I can tell their time to sleep on my house for the night just so they can finally get the, a good sleep that they haven't had in months. Have you already started looking at the insurance companies that you want to work with or are you going to start your own insurance company? My, I played competitive soccer for 13 years and my soccer coach is the top insurance agent across the GTA. So that comes very beneficial because he owns two, two life insurance companies. So that being said, uh, he has a division of special needs. And once I graduate and once I pass my exam, I plan to be um, the one of the agents for that section as well as potentially lead the section through his company. And he's okay with you. I think everything you're saying is wonderful. I wish everybody thought the same. People are always phoning me and saying, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy that? Do you want to buy the other? They don't even know if I need it. So we're medical, health insurance concerns, special needs. Um, I think it's amazing that you only want to sell what the, the parents need. But in the real world, is your guy... I mean, I'd love to know who he is. He sounds amazing like you, but you don't have to tell us. Is he happy that you're not going to push people into selling insurance because not all insurance people do, but they have to make a certain quota and you have to make a certain quota. How will you get over that? Have you talked it over with him? Yeah. So for each section he has, with he, he formed uh, insurance. His insurance company is targeted towards niche marketing. So niche marketing, the process of just going after each, each target market. So for each target market, he has certain agents and certain he runs his own course. So while he has his company, he teaches insurance to insurance selling tactics to up and coming uh, up and coming insurance agents. So while I'm taking the course right now, um, he has taught me the he's taught me what we call in his in his book a blanket. So in the form of a blanket is giving families a cushion of security and not pushing, but making them feel safe for them to choose you. 
So it's not essentially pushing them, but essentially providing them with the details, providing them with the blanket that they need to feel safe and feel comfortable with you with them giving you funds. That's a good point. Um, I guess that also ties into having like a good customer relation and holding on to that customer for long, more than like a month or two. Because I know when I was working at sales and I used to do cell phones at Walmart, I had this one buddy that literally he his he would always hit his targets. But this guy would sell. He sold free like <laughs> this one time. He sold a Freedom phone, which everyone knows. Freedom. There's no reception if you go like. If you're traveling only in your big city, you sold it to a trucker. So <laughs> stuff like that, you know, it's all about knowing who your customer is, uh, offering them uh, a customized package that uh, will benefit them the most. And then like that customer will not only be happy with you, but they'll also um, keep their business with you as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Michael's chosen a target market that he knows a lot about. And you're a really open, transparent person. And this is what people need today because potentially you're going to be sat in sales, right? We're all in sales. So for somebody to be so transparent as you and so open, that's amazing today because not everybody's like that. And I don't like pushy sales people. They, they, they don't get nice words from me. Um, if you need any help or any connections, please connect with me because um, you probably don't know where I'm because you don't come to any of our meetings anymore. <laughs> but um, Marie, let me get this up. Mariam, she's one of our members. She also is in um, some kind of insurance with benefits for small businesses. But she's very like you, Michael, in the sense that she wants to sell a certain way. She doesn't want to push people into it. And even though you've got your lovely guy who seems like he's looking after you, the more connections you get, because if, if, if someone can't look after a certain family then they can pass them on to you in the future so please stay in touch with me Aaron he's all mine now he's not he doesn't belong to you anymore he's my friend <laughs> I had no idea I had no idea that this guy was going to be like so amazing I'm really proud of you your parents are probably very proud too aren't they yeah thank you oh uh, yeah my parents are my parents are very happy my mom is in the world of she's an investment manager for two Scotia bank companies and my dad is in the trades. So I kind of went a completely different route of going towards helping kids with autism. But they always knew that in, in, in sports, I was always the captain for all my teams. So I was always used as a voice for people who cannot speak or used as people who need someone to talk to or just a second or, or just another shoulder. Just, just for them. So once I established who I was as a person, autism was definitely the route for me to go to benefit all these kids. Can, can I ask you what you're wearing your brand on your, your shirt? What does it say? Autism Ontario. This, this is the organization I worked for that had over 100. Fantastic. Best way to go. It raises awareness. Aaron, the next question we have to ask him is, I bet you know, <laughs> What what do you want to leave with our, our viewers and our listeners? Because it's a podcast and a video. Um, there's many people going to be listening to this of all ages, but we're really targeting, you know, the students. So what would be your words of wisdom when they're thinking about their future career? So what I would recommend for students going forward into post-secondary and to just life in general is just stay, stay composed. Like... I, Everywhere you go in life and in school, you're going to face many challenges that's, that you're even going to challenge yourself saying, can I do this or can I not perform this or can I not meet the requirements I need to get? But 
over time and as you accept, as you grow as a person and your mind expands and your knowledge grows, anything is capable, especially at a post-secondary learning, helping kids with autism, and any business and or any career you go into the world, you can do great in as long as you're just passionate and just don't give up. Oh, that's some good good words. Good words there. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. I would say you're my favorite guest, but don't tell anybody else that. Nobody will know. It's our secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if uh, for anyone that's listening, just make sure to dub- uh, check us out or subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. It's the uh, Next Gen Business Podcast, and that's the same handle for Instagram as well. We're going to have Michael's... Um, just make sure that you follow that so I can tag you in our uh, post. And then if anyone wants to reach out to him, he's going to be tagged in that post as well. So That's fantastic. So unfortunately, Michael, we have to say goodbye to you, but this has been such a pleasure. I'm so proud of you myself. I feel really, you know, happy to have met you. It's wonderful. And um, so I'm going to say goodbye from me. And uh, I'm going to say thank you so much, Michael, for coming over. Um, I know it was really kind of last minute, but we really appreciate you coming on to the show and talking to our viewers about what you do. No so, yeah, guys. it's going to be a goodbye for me as well. <laughs> no problem, guys. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the opportunity for allowing me to come on here and share what people and what, what people in the world need to hear about, uh, about ASD. Thanks for listening. Check us out at www.nextgenbusinesspodcast.com.